What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is Take It to the Hizzy Fantasy Football, T-I-T-T-H number 37. I'm your host, Justin Bruni. I got Nick Davis and Emron Khan coming back. Say what's up, guys. What's up, yo? Good to be back, guys. Let's take it to the Hizzy. Yeah, glad to have you back, sir. Uh, not not too uh, unwell anymore? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, some other news has got me feeling not good, but we'll hop into that. Oh, gosh, I hear you, and I know exactly where you're going with that, but uh, we'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, first off, we are leading off, are leading off with uh, recent news. Uh, we're taking off with uh, Joe Mixon here coming back, or not coming back to practice, is optimistic to be back to practice soon. Uh, dealing with migraines, uh, my suspicion, uh, like most people, was that he was uh, just holding out for camp, uh, but apparently been dealing with really bad migraines, doesn't have COVID. Um, you know, we saw this before in the past uh, with Percy Harvin, receiver for the Vikings. Uh, not really uh, an issue that I've been aware of. Uh, with Mixon in the past, uh, but seems to be pretty prevalent right now. What do you guys think? Any instant reaction to this? Are you pulling him out of your first round for any reason, or is this you know just uh, kind of a wait and see scenario for you? Uh, for me, it's going to be a wait and see because you know migraines. Some people can deal with it and try and you know go about their daily lives, but you know one of the biggest examples of migraines taking away someone's career is Percy Harvin. He had a lot of migraines when he came into the league, and when he was in the NFL, it became a lot more. You know, I guess it's, you know, harder hits, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're definitely trying to work on the concussions and stuff, but, you know, as a running back, you're taking a lot of hits, um, and sometimes that just gives you migraines. I mean, I played uh, offensive line and linebacker, and, you know, I still get a couple migraines every once in a while, so I, I don't know how these guys play football day in and day out at the professional level, because when I got to high school, those hits were no joke. <laughs> well, yeah, certainly didn't have the no fun league protecting you, that's for sure. <laughs> that's true, yeah. I mean, it was kind of like street ball, to be honest. But, you know, it was just a bunch of country kids playing football. So um, I, I am going to wait on Joe, but, you know, he might fall to the second round. If he does fall to the second round, I might just scoop him up because he does have the talent. Yeah, so I, this is one I would monitor as well. Like we always say, you know, it depends on when you're drafting. Like some mm -hmm. of us, like now at the end of August, a lot of drafts are going to be happening this weekend or next. So um, from what we've seen, this is not a chronic issue with him like Nick was alluding to with Percy Harvin. Um, so this yeah. could be just a few days and he could be back for the regular season. The good news here, this is not a broken bone. This is not a torn ligament. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and I'm sure it's just a serious injury. But, you know, I'd keep an eye on him. And if he does happen to fall because somebody gets scared in your league and you can get him in the middle of the second round, that's a steal. Also, the other thing to keep in mind is, you know, if this turns out to be an issue that gets into the regular season, um, it may be worth snagging Gio Bernard in the later rounds. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think Gio Bernard is a really good handcuff. If you're looking at this running backfield here, there's there's no depth. You know, behind Giovanni Bernard, you have Trevion Williams. They have uh, Samaje P. Ryan, who you're familiar with uh, from the Washington football team. So they don't have a ton of depth there, uh, and especially as far as guys that can you know, Giovanni Bernard, he's a scat back. He can catch the ball in the backfield mm -hmm. great, but he can't take it in between the tackles. Joe Mixon is, you know, a hybrid guy, you know, has that patience behind the line of scrimmage. Obviously, he doesn't have a ton of time behind that offensive line, uh, but everybody's really high on him this year. You know, you have Jonah Williams coming back yep. that I know that you're really high on, Nick. Oh, yeah. Um, so Big the, dog. The, you know, there's optimism, you know, for the run game this year. Obviously, you have 
you know, a potentially, you know, better weapon in Joe Burrow at quarterback mm-hmm. over Andy Dalton. Certainly a huge upgrade from Ryan Finley, who was there last year working for them. So, yeah, I mean, I love I love Joe Mixon this year. Honestly, I'd, I'd still keep him in the first round, even if I'm drafting this weekend. You know, if you've ever missed work, if you've ever called off a of work, what's the one excuse that you're going to use? <laughs> Migrants. Migrants. And Joe Mixon's in a, you know, he's in a contract season. He's, he's you know, also kind of holding out. I, you know, I alluded to that before. That was kind of my suspicion as to many others. But now it's like, oh, well, I'm not holding out. It's migraines. You know, I just had a migraine coach, you know, staying home today, take you know, a little R&R. You know, if you're going to use an excuse to get out of work, it's probably going to be a migraine uh, excuse. So, you know, you, you look unwell if your stomach doesn't feel good, you know. Yeah. My, the, the migraine is the, uh, the the silent assassin, the silent killer of the, of the body. So, yeah, I, I'm not taking it too seriously. It, it was interesting to see it kind of pop up as news today, mm-hmm. um, you, know, you know, being the fact that we were kind of under the suspicion there could be holdout talk. So I don't really mind it. I'll still take him at the end of the first. Honestly, if I get him beyond like pick seven or pick eight, I, I feel like I'm getting a little bit more value. I don't know about you guys. I mean, he, he's one of those guys that has the two positions in one. Uh, mm-hmm. He has that receiving ability, has yep. that rushing ability. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's going to get a hundred receptions and a thousand rushing yards, but he's going to get pretty. He's going to get up there with uh, you know CMC and Saquon Barkley. So um, you know, he, he's definitely a talent. If some people you know want to let him fall to me, no problem. I'll take him. Yeah, he's a guy last year that had 300 or 313 touches, a career high for him. Uh, his previous high was the year before at 280. Uh, so you have to like the progression. Uh, you know, the past couple of years for Mixon, this inclusion in the offense. It is a contract year, so yep. you know you, you, we we talked before about guys when it's a tie. You look at that contract year; it's, yeah. it's a big factor for you. Yep, he's trying to get paid, and uh, um, like the last couple of years, his touches have gone up every year since he's been in the NFL. And you know, Bengals are going to have a young quarterback starting, and we're all big fans of Joe Burrow the show. But yeah. I think they're going to definitely rely on the run this year, so you're going to get a lot of mixing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have some other weapons, you know. They got t- t- Tyler Boyd. You got T. Higgins out there potentially, potentially. John Ross is out again with a hamstring. Well, you, you, might, you might get AJ Green for a couple games. Four or five. That's uh, a couple. That, that, that's how you win the league in the first couple weeks. So, you know, use that. And you flip them. <laughs> and you flip them. That's yeah. one thing I teach you guys. Flip them. Yeah, if you get two great weeks out of AJ Green, you got to sell them high for sure. Uh, next topic, we got uh, David Montgomery. <sighs> yeah, sad to see it. No contact uh, injury, uh, groin injury. Looks like he's going to be out two to four weeks at minimum. Could be longer than that. Instant reaction. Emron, I'm going to give it to you first. What do you got? Yeah, so I had my own health issues this weekend, which were fine. But, you know, yesterday seeing this news uh, was very scary, right? Initial reports when they were coming out, and Bears are unfortunately one of those locations, of teams and their locations for practice. They don't really let out a lot of information. They don't let reporters film or anything. Mm-hmm. So all you were getting secondhand was that Montgomery was carted off. Instantly, 90% of the time when you hear carted off, it's – Season-ending injury. No Twitter, matter what Twitter was burning him to yeah, the ground. I, I, me, I was. That's me. I was yeah. Twitter. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, good news was that it was you know not a, any knee injury, any leg injury. It was a groin pull, which I know David Montgomery is probably listening to this and saying, "Dude, what the hell? That's, that's painful." <laughs> uh, but he's not going to miss you know significant time. You know, like, could have been worse. Could have been worse, you know, thank God. But two to four weeks, uh, I think we were talking before the show, I think it's going to be close to that four-week mark. I don't think they're going to rush him back because yeah. they, you know, one, that's an injury that can linger, just like a hamstring. Um, so I, last week we were telling you I was very high on Montgomery. I expected a big role for him in this offense. This kind of, you know, affects that, obviously. Um, Justin's got him ranked at, uh, at uh, David Montgomery ranked at number nine, 19. 
Uh, probably going to drop from a little bit, yeah, little bit there. Five, but, um, five or seven spots, if not. Maybe, yeah, depending on more. So I would expect mm-hmm. him, personally, as of now, I wouldn't expect him to play week one or week two. Or if he's playing, he's not going to play a lot. But I think um, if they rest him and he gets a chance to play, just have some value. What, what are you guys thinking now with the news? Oof, man, that's really unfortunate. Um, you know, I just said that the first few weeks are really where you start building your standings in the fantasy league. So um, for me, I'm going to be staying away, you know, until the later rounds, you know, let him fall to me. Um, it's very unfortunate because he did have basically everything set up and the odds in his favor to have a great season. But, you know, with the groin going down, that's going to take away a lot of his lateral movement. Um, it's not good as a running back because, you know, you're definitely going north and south, but you got to go east and west sometimes too. Yep. And he just won't have that uh, the same quickness that he does have. Um, so it just it's very unfortunate, but I'm going to be staying away on draft day. Yeah, really disappointed. He was great value that you could uh, scoop up in the fifth or sixth round in single quarterback, 12-team leagues. Yep. Uh, so he was great value for you in the mid-rounds as a starting running back. You know, a guy that you were you know looking to build off of a you know, respectable rookie season. Um, pull up the, the total touches here for him. Uh, I don't have it. Uh, regardless, you know, the Bears are going to miss out on him. You know, we're, we've been talking about who's going to fill in, potential guys you could go out and grab. Spencer Ware's a name we've brought up. Devontae Freeman's a name we've brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the concept of, you know, trading for an older guy. I, I, I've been saying it, um, you know, pretty much all offseason. You know, give me AP on the Bears. Um, going to get his 800 or no, AP on the Adrian Peterson, sorry. On the uh, Washington football team. Washington, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he's going to get his 800 yards in Washington, man. He, he's he's a guy that I see that's just – he's very consistent in mm-hmm. that sense. Is like if you're looking for someone in those back-end rounds where you're just like, man, I just need someone to just fill in some points for me sometimes, AP is that guy for you. I mean, I'm definitely looking for him um, in those later rounds to fill on my bench because I've been – I just – did kind of like a quick mock draft and he kind of fell to my bench. I was like, Oh, perfect, man. Like he's someone that can fill in if there's an injury. Um, and I, I like him for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So Montgomery was uh 267 total touches last year. It's not that far from 300. I mean, he could have easily gotten 300 yeah. touches this year. I don't see that being the case anymore. You know, if he falls to me in like the 10th or 11th round, I might be able to scoop him up, but I'm, I'm not going to feel great about it, you know, cause this is a guy that could come in if he does come back week four, week five, he could easily re-injure himself, and he could be a very big risk for you in fantasy. So where he was at great value before, he kind of seems like a landmine now, no? Yep. Yeah, I agree. Originally, like Justin mentioned, in most mocks I was doing, I was snagging him in rounds four, five, six, and seven, and I felt really good about it Yeah. as my RB2 and potentially like a low-end RB1 to mm-hmm. give him the work he was going to get. Yep. This is really hard to determine, guys, and you know, with this injury, I probably would drop him down to that 10 to 11 range. He's got a little bit of upside. Um, you know, because I think he's going to get a lot of work. But, you know, removing Montgomery from his backfield, keep an eye on Tariq Cohen. Um, you know, every year he's been in the NFL, his catches have gone up. He had 79 last year. A lot of them were check downs and not as big plays mm-hmm. as we would like. Cordero Patterson is listed as a running back. Um, and this is something a lot of us, me and Justin, are talking about it. I mean, it, they've been saying he's doing great things in camp, but he's never been a full-time running back. So yeah. they don't really have an in-between guy. So like Justin mentioned, uh, Spencer Ware, he's got familiarity with Nagy. That would make a lot of sense. Uh, Devontae Freeman's another guy out there. But if one of those two guys gets signed in the next two weeks, this backfield's now a full-blown committee. 
And one of the plain things we liked about Montgomery was he was the lead horse. Yep. Um, so another thing to keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. I would love if Lamar Miller was available right now. Lamar Miller sucks, but he can take the ball three to four yards up the middle. And r- right now, that's really all the Bears need is just that guy that can go north and south three to five yards. And they still have Tariq Cohen there, like you uh, alluded to, to catch balls out of the backfield. Um, they need a power runner. I, I don't believe in Cordell Patterson at the running back position. Not full time. No, absolutely. I was telling you before, I think 70 carries, 75 carries at most Which for, is a lot. for the year. And that's, yeah, still like three to four carries a game at least. And I think that's literally just to take off or just to give one of these other guys a breather. You change of pace also. Yeah, or yeah, yeah change of pace play. Gadget play. Try, try, yeah, gadget play. Try to get uh, get a chunk play going. Whatever it is, it's not going to be something that's consistent. You know, if you're going three to four times, you're looking at one play a quarter. You know, like that's that's not real volume and not someone that you're going to be able to depend on in that system. I, I see Cordell Patterson, like, you know, when they're saying that he's going to – he was a wide receiver and a kick returner, but now he's – Just a he, specialist. He, he's becoming an offensive weapon. Like, yeah. you know, that's kind of how I see it. But, um, you know, hopefully he has a little bit more success than Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin was kind of like that same – breed he's smaller but they have the same speed and same abilities mm-hmm. um you know hopefully cordell patterson can break out and actually be that type of player but yeah. the last person i heard that was actually a receiver and was um named as a running back ty montgomery he did absolutely nothing now and the other thing with uh, uh, cordell patterson too is uh he was actually all pro last year as a special teamer mm-hmm. so they have him like not just returning but they have him like like covering kicks and oh, nice. he la- laid out a devastating hit against the Packers, which was not a penalty. Um, <laughs> so he does a lot. So that's where I get worried. Like if you're Matt Nagy, do you want to try him and give him a bigger load and like limit his? Yeah. So that's where I'm just like, this is one backfield Every- to monitor. I feel like everyone's looking for that next Taysom Hill. Let, yeah. let me take my gadget guy and just let me just throw him at quarterback. Let me just throw him at running back. Let me throw him at wide receiver. Yeah. Let's just see. Let's just see what we get out of it. Um, kind of previous years with Devin Hester. Well, uh, we got nothing. Let's throw this guy a wide receiver because maybe we might score another touchdown or two, right? Yep. So, you know, I, I do see some of that as just throwing darts at the wall, um, trying to land on something with one of your, you know, your gadget guys, someone that, you know, if out in space is deadly, is a weapon, right? Uh, but at the same time, I think the Bears are going to be hurting big time from this. Um, shout out Mike, Mike uh, Taglieri from Fantasy Pros. He was one of the people that were like instantly reacted to this. Um, Illinois native. I'm not sure if he's a Bears fan or not, but his first reaction, and I sent this to a, to the group text, was uh, trade a fourth round pick for Leonard Fournette. I mean, I would be all over that. I don't think that's going to get it done. But you know, the Jaguars are open about uh, trading. No secrets uh, there. Yeah, they're about about trading their weapons, about rebuilding. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, did they get rid of Ngakwe yet? Not yet. That's probably going to drop soon with the season getting close. But I think I, I like Fournette in the offense. I think he'd be a good fit. Four is a little high for me because he's in the last year. If you can, I mean, I don't think I think that four would be respectable for a guy like Fournette. I think if 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 someone's willing to have that conversation with you right now, and that's literally just based off of the Bears' offseason, right? Like they really feel like they're all in. Yeah, and so with I, I all agree. the moves that they made, I, offense yeah, and agree. defensive and, side and, of the and ball, then this wouldn't be the first trade they made with the Jaguars this offseason. So, I mean, there's a little bit of rapport there. If the Jaguars are going to full-blown tank mode, hey, add another pick, get rid of a guy you don't want there anyways, he doesn't want to be there. 
Um, I would just hope the Bears, if they could maybe get lucky with Jacksonville, say, hey, we gave you a four for Foles. Let, let me, let's get a fifth or a sixth for Fournette. Just get him off your hands. Yeah, I'd be all over it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I really think that if you do make a move like that, I mean, that that's a good option. You know, that's a good option. I mentioned a cheaper option in Adrian Peterson that I think could work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think there, I think there's some, some spots out there. I think the golden ticket option, Kareem Hunt, right? Like that's like if you oh you want to get all in yeah yeah that's that's the all in move for sure like you know first round second round wow we actually yeah we have a first round pick to trade we we do that's <laughs> so let's get rid of that shit yeah. <laughs> let's get rid of it while we still can all right um, next up we got uh, Kalen Balaj going to the Jets um, also kind of touching on Bell and Gore uh, splitting carries out of that backfield we've been telling you all preseason all off season <sighs> Bell is a stay away from candidate talking about splitting carries. With Frank Gore, respect to Frank Gore still being in the league, being able to produce anything in the NFL at his age. But come on, like let Bell eat. I don't get it. And then Kalen Balaj, he's a guy that literally they were about to drop him <laughs> off the roster in Miami. They were about to cut him, and the Jets did, like you said, say it. They did what the Jets do. The most Jets thing ever. Can I say it? Yeah. The goddamn Jets. The goddamn Jets. I, 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 I just don't get it. Like, you're crowding this backfield more. Like, you paid all that money to Le'Veon Bell. Let the guy eat. understand when Frank Gore's there. It's okay to have a, a little bit of depth, and he can give him a breather. But why trade for Balazs? Like, nothing against Balazs, but dude is about to get cut. They have LaMichael Pirine there, too. Just, they, they drafted him in, what, the fourth or fifth round? Yeah, yeah. it's just He's like... good at Florida. I just don't understand what, what team's seeing Adam Gase to keep giving him the keys. And the Jets not only made him head coach, but he, he's running the team. He's going to run him into the ground. Guys, don't worry. Don't worry. Adam Gase has his eyes wide open for the next running back because he can't find a running back in his own building. And he can't close his eyes. Like, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I really don't get it. It's an enigma. That whole team, you know, we were talking about Jamison Crowder on the last episode. Oh, man. Don't follow any of this Jets hype, guys. Is, is who's, there, who's hyping them? Anyone and everyone. The, the, I mean, the only hype that I'm buying actually is Makai Becton, who's like six seven, that giant. I mean, I think you never is, know who's going to run behind him. Yeah, well, if I, they even run. I think he's just going to keep uh, Sammy's blindside, uh, you know, very safe. Uh, but you know, that's the only hype that I'm buying. But anyone else, like weapon wise, nope, I'm staying away. No. Yeah, on, on the last episode, we were talking about the wide receiver coach hyping up Jamison Crowder, who's going to yeah. get 90 catches, 12 more catches than he recorded this year. Okay, so he's going to record one more catch per game. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for the information, sir. Like, Yeah, it's just the only person I was intrigued with on the Jets really was Denzel Mims, their rookie receiver. You know, tall, fast. He's battling injuries, though. But, like, I just – this team just screams like a mess to me. They just – they're going to finish last place in that division by a lot. Um uh, <laughs> I was okay with Bell in like the mid rounds. Now this backfield is just no. like I just don't want to touch it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris Herndon, the tight end, maybe the only safe piece in, in drafting can't off the off this team. But yeah, can't yeah, stay healthy yeah. or get suspended for something. Yeah, it's just, um, you know, I'm not. I'm not really that interested in him either. I'd rather yeah. have you know we've talked about Jack Doyle, Noah Fan at the end of drafts, mm-hmm. T.J. Hawkinsons, those type of guys that are available. Eric Ebron, who you mentioned. So yeah, not really interested in him. But realistically, you know, if you're looking at like touchdown volume, yeah. someone that's going to get targeted in the red zone and actually you know score points, you know, I see him and Crowder cleaning up the scraps. You know, I, I obviously yeah. expect them to be playing from behind. So wow. someone has to catch the ball at some point. Yep. But I don't see, you know, Darnold as anything special, you know, whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the run game, it's uh, it's pitiful. Uh, Balazs, you know, adding depth to an already really deep backfield. Don't draft any of these guys. There's no point. I'm telling you, if you have 11 bench spots, 14 bench spots, 
Do not draft a Jets running back. They have no value whatsoever. All right, so closing out recent news, we got uh, some news out of the Seattle backfield. Uh, a lot of these backups getting a ton of hype. Um, CD Dallas um, getting some talk, you know, catching balls out of the backfield. You have Carlos Hyde getting talked up by Pete Carroll. Um, you know, all of this really just threatening, you know, the value for Chris Carson. What do you guys think? Are you, are you still drafting Chris Carson this year with all this hype uh, with the rest of this backfield? Don't forget, you still have Rashad Penny there as well. I was not going to be drafting Chris Carson from the beginning because he, to me, he has fumbling issues and he just kind of gets those three yards falling forward and that's mm -hmm. it. He's nothing really uh, special to me. Mm -hmm. um, the one person that I'm really excited about in Seattle is DJ Dallas. Um, he at Miami, the Miami Hurricanes. They were kind of like a you know a team that really depended on their defense and you know their offense was still trying to find their identity. Well, DJ, every time he came in, he ran the ball hard, ran the ball fast, and he was. Probably one of the few weapons that was on the Miami offense. I really like him. Uh, he's shown that he can play against you know top programs. So those guys are going to be in the NFL with him as well. I think um, the one that's really going to threaten Carson is DJ Dallas. I have always liked Chris Carson. Um, he's always been productive. He was drafted in the seventh round. I think Seattle got really lucky with him. Uh, Seattle's tried to replace him before, and I don't get why. They drafted Rashad Penny in the first round a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Every year that... Chris Carson's been in the NFL. This is going to be his fourth year in the NFL. His rushing attempts, his rushing yards, his receptions, receiving yards have gone up every year. The guy gets more work, and he gets more productive. Now, like Nick mentioned, the one thing that was concerning last year is that huge spike in fumbles. We had mm -hmm. seven. He only had three the year before, which is eh. You know, you can, you can kind of live with that. Seven is a lot, and, you know, those minus points can add up in games. Absolutely. things get close. But honestly, for me, um, I'm just gonna wait for somebody to take his job because I don't. I, it hasn't happened yet. The guy's just been productive. And by the way, final year of his contract. Yeah, another guy that you've alluded to for that, Chris Carson, right now going in the fourth round. You know, there's not a ton of risk for you uh, taking him there. Uh, yeah. But in my opinion, you want this guy as your second running back yep. at best. And I still think that might be risky for you this year because while he is catching more passes every year, they're still not very high. He caught 37 last year. And I want to say it was like 20 the year before that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 20 the year before that. So, yeah, they're growing, but it's still small. And we did see, you know, more inclusion of, you know, DK Metcalf. Um, you have Lockett there. They're both healthy. They brought in Greg Olson. So a couple more mouths to feed, obviously. The offense, on, you know, the passing offense looks good. But we continue, continue to get more and more talk about how the Seahawks are going to hammer the ball. They're going to use all these running, all these running backs. They're going to be really deep in the running game. And I think that's just going to hold me off from uh, from drafting Carson this year. In standard leagues, I think he has some premium value. You know, 278 carries last year, 4.7 yards a carry. That's really good. You know, hovering around five yards a carry is solid. And I think in standard leagues, you cannot disregard this guy. But in PPR, I think I'm going to back him off. You know, he's my running back 16 right now, and I think I'm going to be backing him a little bit deeper, a few more spots. Mm -hmm. um, just and, and initially, because I'm bringing up guys, right? You know, I'm bringing up Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm bringing up a few others. So I'm, I'm definitely going to be dropping him back. I would feel more comfortable taking him as my flex, as my third running back if I can. You know, getting him at value another round later, beyond four at five, you know, that just means that I can still draft, you know, three wide receivers and two stud running backs or three running backs and two stud receivers. So I'm really comfortable taking him in the fifth or sixth round. 
would not chase him into the fourth uh, or third. What do you I, think, Nick? Or sorry, uh, no, that's fine. I was going to say uh, in the fourth round, I agree with you. I think there's still some value on the board. And the other thing was Rashad Penny's still on the pup list, um, recovering from his torn ACL. Mm-hmm. He'll be back at some point, but I think it's going to be one of those where he'll be slow. So I'm, I, I, I'm a fourth round. If I'm drafting at the end of the fourth, I'm okay with it. Early fourth, probably not. I think there's some value. Nick, what would you do? Avoid. Um, kind of like oh. how, how Le'Veon Bell, I'm going to be avoiding. Like, mm. there, there's just other people that I trust a lot more than Chris Carson. Um, you know, I, I'd rather take a shot on a rookie running back, like maybe uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor in, in, in Annapolis. Rather have him than Chris Carson, just because those fumbling issues. I watched those last year, and those were pretty bad. And yeah, I'm no, not, they, they weren't good. But that's happens a lot. But that's a that's a rich take for for uh, well, Taylor. So, well, well, are you saying I, we I, take Taylor in four, or just you prefer him? No, more? I would prefer to take Taylor. Uh, oh, oh, okay, Carson, okay, okay, okay. Just not at four. Yeah. No, because I was going to say Taylor's going a couple rounds later there. Yeah, but I'd rather wait till mm-hmm. later and get those. You know, okay. possibly like a better wide receiver, or maybe you know one of those top tight ends. I mean. Mark Andrews was drafted right before him, so mm-hmm. you know you're kind of like in that area. I could pick up Darren Waller instead, and I'd be more happy with him than Chris Carson. So um, I'm just avoiding. No deal for me. Yeah, I think if I'm if someone's saying, "Hey, you know, what running back are you taking there? Like, what running back rather than another piece?" You know, I, I'm Mark, still Mark Ingram. Yeah, I like I like Mark Ingram. I even like David Johnson to be honest with you. I'm, I'm he's growing on me a little bit more. He's growing on me a little bit more. I think just the Houston offense is just he's gonna, a he's a D for me too. What's that? Do not draft. Oh, for, for David, David, David Johnson. Johnson? Yeah, yeah, he's he's growing on me. I think Houston in general is just growing on me, and that's just because of my lack of excitement for the receivers. I just have no love for those guys. So I just Randall Cobb. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't. I don't hate um, James Conner there, David Johnson, Mark Ingram, Le'Veon Bell. Don't like Devin Singletary. Kind of in the same space as Carson. I want another round or two later. Man, I wouldn't hate Raheem Monster to be perfectly honest. But you just don't have to pull him up that high. Yeah, yeah. You just don't have to pull him up that high. You don't have to. I just, I just feel like uh, Pete Carroll's trying to find his next beast mode, and that's why he's just like hoarding running backs in the backfield. <laughs> he could. And uh, honestly, like after last year with those fumble issues, that. That's why he's bringing in more running backs because if those issues happen again, I feel like it's gonna be a quick, like uh, a short leash for him. So you yeah. know he's got to have someone to throw in there. I, I think, um, I, I think, I think there is someone in that room that can become the lead back. But Chris Carson is gonna get the first look, but it's his to lose, and I think he's gonna lose it. Well, technically, Marshawn Lynch did play Beast Mode did play a game for them last year, the last game of the season. He's kind of like a mercenary. He just kind of like shows up, does his thing, and just I runs mean, the ball hard. But I'm I'm talking like like he, mm-hmm. he they're trying to get back to where they were when they won the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Like, sure, sure. Like they just got Jamal Adams. The Legion mm-hmm. of Boom is is coming back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very hyped on their defense, but you know their offense. They just have Russell Wilson, and mm-hmm. then now they have DK Metcalf. Um, I just they they need a running back to be able to bring up or uh, set up the play action for Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson is really strong in the play action. They just don't have a running back that can actually like cause defenses to bite on that play action. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Carson is a guy that's definitely going to have the box loaded on him, uh, you know, significantly every year. And that's just the, the nature of him as a, as a talent, right? He's a downhill runner in between the tackles guy, not a scat back. Um, doesn't have a ton of lateral movement or speed laterally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's just going to be the downhill guy. They're going to load the box on him. And I still see him having success this year. I just don't want to pay the, for the fourth round uh, for Carson right now with all of this talk about this backfield. And maybe it's a smokescreen. You know, may, maybe they're just trying to really, you know, ease the way for Carson this mm-hmm. year and he's going to be the guy. But for the fourth round, 
I feel like I can do better. I, you guys I, I think do. he cracks a thousand yards? I think he's well. He's done it the past two years, so I don't see why not. He just needs a lot of work. Just needs a lot of volume to get it. What about you, Nick? Nope. I do too. I think he's. I, th- I expect another twelve hundred yard season from him. I yeah. Just, I just think he's going to get the work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're still going to try and uh, pound the ball on the ground. I just think that they're going to they're going to spread it out. I, I think they are going to use multiple running backs. He's not going to be a bell cow. I don't think that term will be safe to use for Carson this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do still have a growing passing game. You have Lockett there. You have Metcalf, and you have Olsen coming in. He didn't come in just the block. So, um, you know, you do have some some growth uh, and progression always there. Uh, Russell Wilson, he's always throwing at least like 30 touchdowns a season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like three or four seasons in a row now. He's gone over 30 passing touchdowns. So that's that still needs to be taken into consideration. Uh, yeah, just not pulling him into the fourth round. I'd like him in the fifth or sixth. Uh, it's just a little too rich for me. Okay, uh, moving into our other topics, we got uh, the Jimmy Garoppolo uh, passing prop. Uh, his total was posted at, I want to say, 3850. Mm-hmm. And a half, yeah. yeah. Yep, 3850 and a half. That is 50 yards uh, lower than I had uh, looked up. I think it was like two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was before the, the Debo Samuel injury. They lowered it about. 50 yards with the injury, and I kind of get that, you know, uh, as far as, you know, optics look, that's the that's the thing to do, right? You know, you want to drive people to the under, you know, because it's probably going to, you know, go to go to the over. You got you to gotta make your money. And I think it's a little naive to think that he can't do the same, or can't achieve the same production when realistically he, did, he never had a wide receiver one last year. You know, Emmanuel Sanders is good, but he's not necessarily great. And I don't think that, that his absence is going to mean like, oh, well, Garoppolo's value is in the can now. Like he, he's just not going to be able to move the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, you still have Brandon Ayuk coming in, who's getting a ton of uh, camp talk. You have Kendrick Bourne, who's very familiar with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Jalen Hurd was somebody that I was on, but he's hurt again. Um, they have they have uh, Pettis there, um, who's kind of a name still came onto the the fantasy scene uh, at the end of two seasons ago. Eh, didn't really show up for people last year. I think that he was a take that did not work out for many fantasy pundits last year. Um, and then, of course, you have tight end one or tight end two, we should say, uh, George Kittle, um, who is you know one of the, the best you know tight ends in the league. He's a guy that I think can hit over a hundred catches this year, especially if Debo misses time. Uh, Thirty-eight, fifty guys. What do you think about Garoppolo this year? Can he hit it? Uh, it's it's a number. I, I think it's, a no, it's a number. It's a number. It's a number that it think, makes you think because you know if you think what, if he's going to do what he did last year, then yeah, he's going to get it. Uh, but I think so. I think the way that offense is designed, you know, running the ball, setting up the pass, I, I think he's going to get that number again. I think Garoppolo, if, if last year showed me what, if it's any indication, you know, him finally getting a full sixteen games, I think he's going to be a Kirk Cousins type of quarterback. His numbers are always going to look very sexy. He's just his production on the field. And crunch time and playoffs is going to be a little bit questionable. I think he'll hit it. Um, I think that offense is going to be spread out. They also, you know, just signed, you know, their secret weapon for the year, uh, Kevin White. So I'm totally, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally keep all, laugh all you want. <laughs> the revenge tour is starting. Uh, but all jokes aside, you know, I think Debo Samuel eventually get healthy. I just love the playmaking ability he has, just getting the ball. George Kittle is an absolute monster. If Jordan Reed can stay healthy, I think those two tight end sets are going to look um, interesting. And then, you know, Coleman, Mostert out of the backfield, do some damage. So I think 4,000 yards, the way this offense is designed, I think it's I think it's very achievable. What do you think, Nick? I, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of against it because uh, I'm going to say under because um, last year he only got 3,978 yards. Kyle Shanahan is from Mike Shanahan, who's a stat, who's 
really into zone blocking running. That's why he has that running back mm-hmm. by committee because it honestly doesn't matter who's the running back. They're going to get a thousand yards no matter what, as long as the offensive line knows what's doing, what they're doing. They got Mike McGlinchey. They got Trent Williams, the polar bear, going against Joey Bosa in practice. I love those going against each other. That's iron sharpening iron. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan uh, rushed for. 2,305 yards. He just threw over 4,000 yards. I think that um, they lean on the run so much that it, I, I, I just don't see Jimmy being that gunslinger where you can just be like, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to get over 4,000 yards. He's not like Breeze. He's not mm-hmm. like Winston. He's a game manager. He's honestly probably a more elite Alex Smith. So I'm going to say under because the offense is not built for him to actually – achieve those goals he might be able to achieve those goals if he has like better weapons i'm not saying that george kittle isn't going to get his thousand or um you know a receiver won't get you know close to eight nine hundred yards but i don't see him reaching uh you know over 3800 for the season just because that they're they're a running back team yeah, absolutely, and you, and you can't hide from that, right? Last year, they were second in the league in rushing attempts, and they were 29th in passing attempts. Boom, there we go. But he still hit it. Eh. So I suspect... What, per- about, what about those seven pass attempts during the uh, playoffs? Well, play, playoffs. Playoffs. Don't, playoffs don't they don't matter in fantasy. They don't, count, <laughs> they don't count for the prop either. It's only your first uh, 16 games. Um, regardless, I, I, you know, I suspect that you know, with Garoppolo's progression... Like with most second-year quarterbacks that we've seen, you, you've highlighted previously with points with Lamar and Patrick Mahomes, right? That their their second year of full work, they take off, right? And if we're following the same trend here, let's just say you know they aren't you know third to last in passing; they're fifth. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit more value there, right? Maybe they rush the ball, you know, fourth or fifth most, and not second most, right? So I think that that little extra value this year could do a ton for Garoppolo. He only has to hit. 243 passing yards each game to hit this prop and he's done it you know he did what 10 out of 16 games last year and that was a year where like you know he did lack some efficiency especially a down the stretch and i think that a lot of people have that bad taste in their mouth from garoppolo from the super bowl from the nfc championship game and they they forget really everything before that and that's when he had a ton of success but he did not close the year down as a clutch elite quarterback and I think that's the taste that everybody still has in their mouths. And to your point about him not being clutch, damn it, I saw him at EIU lose his playoff game to Terrence motherfucking West from Towson. Towson. Bastards. I, I love that game. It was amazing, but Garoppolo was the only one showing up and he couldn't do enough, you know? Yeah. And it was not the same thing in the Super Bowl. I'll say that. It was the rest of the team yeah. around him, you know? And realistically, you know, Manny Sanders catches that ball down the field, and I feel like people are talking a little bit differently about, uh, well... Well, if he puts on the money. I was going to say, maybe if he puts it in his fucking hands, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But maybe people are changing their tune about him, but I think that a lot of this is uh, you know, bad taste in people's mouth from the way that uh, Jimmy closed down. Uh, and yeah, and, and another thing I was going to add, you know, the NFL's, the offenses has changed so much. You know, it's, it's a passing league. What does that mean? You know, 4,000 yards five, six, seven years ago uh, was a big thing, right? Oh my mm. God, it's cool. Now it's like whatever. 
Um, you know, yeah. 240, 250 yards, that's not a lot to do. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, we were talking about, you know, quarterbacks in their second season. This is actually going to be his fourth season with Kyle Shanahan. You know, first season was after his trade to the Patriots, from the Patriots. There's only a few games. Mm-hmm. He was hurt in 2018. He got full 16 games last year. So I'm expecting some progression. And just, just by him playing in those full 16 games, um, I don't think 38-50 is a lot by any means. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule, the upcoming schedule for them. And oh, we're I'm, getting into it now. Oh, I'm getting into we're get, it. We're going I'm deep. into it because – I see a stretch of games where it's going to be hard for him. And last year, the one team that he's playing again this year that I'm like, oh, he's going to get like 400 yards, the Washington football team. Guess what he did last year? He only passed for, uh, it was like 150 yards against him, and that game was 9-0. Um, so I'm kind of like, Ring? there was a weather thing. There was I was going to say, like yeah, that doesn't sound that like the Niners at all. Still. 13-3 and teams. Still. So I, I'm still looking at it because <laughs> the Washington football team's defense was like Swiss cheese, and I went to the Monday night game, and I can attest to that. So the the game of stretches or the stretch of games that I'm looking at that I'm like, man, it's gonna be real hard for them. Yeah. is the New York Giants week three. No, not the Giants. Swiss they got cheese. James, they, they got James Bradbury. Okay, so <laughs> hold on, James look, Bradbury. Okay. James Bradbury. Where, where's the game? Where's the game? It's uh, at New York. Uh, okay, the okay. West Coast. Okay. That, okay. That, Maybe. Okay. <laughs> then he goes against Philadelphia. Okay. That's a good game? one. That's a good one. Then, then, Probably lu- then luckily course. he gets a nice little break against Miami. <laughs> and then he goes against the Rams, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, bye week, and then the Rams, and then the Bills. So that, that, that stretch where you started, that sounds more dangerous. That, that stretch when you started with, um, what was it, the Patriots or the one before the Patriots? Uh, the Rams. Yeah, they have a they have a good they have a good secondary. Yeah, obviously, obviously. Yeah. but 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 it's just like he, the teams that you're expecting him to beat up on and, and pad those stats, he's not padding those stats. Um, you know, there were a lot of games where he didn't eclipse 200 yards. Um, in this uh, his passing yards, six. yeah, six. I mean, that's six. what a th- uh, more. But you don't. But he still got it though. Last he's, year. But he still got it. And that's the whole concept of the prop. Is yeah. you don't need him to hit it in every. Not game. every game. Yeah. You just need to hit it. But, in more than most. But I'm looking at the, how the offense is built. And in, in this kind of NFL, Emron was just talking about how it's becoming more of a high-flying offense. Mm-hmm. This guy's getting 150 yards passing in games. That's not a high-flying offense to me. So sure. that, that game is – this offense is built on the run, the zone-blocking run. And those stretch of games that I was talking about, those, those teams have some secondaries. And he's a game manager. He's not going to make the mistakes, but he's not going to take the downfield shots to get those yards. Mm-hmm. So I just see th- that stretch of uh, games – him really struggling to get those was two hundred forty three yards. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't, I, I don't see him getting. It. I see them actually depending on the run like that. Well, he did it more often than not last year, so we'll have to, see, we'll have to. It's going to be a fun one to visit. Yeah, I was going to say it's we're, gonna we're, we're definitely one. coming back to this one. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, gonna there's going to be, a, there's going to be some side bets for sure on this Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> prop. Yeah. I mean, man, FanDuel's giving you all the value. You're just like, nah. Hammer, nice. hammer that, hammer that under, straight to the under. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean that, that's 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 why we're here to talk about it. That's that's the whole uh, that's the whole point. Yeah. Um, the, the the one guy that I'm actually you know really high on this year, um, you know, uh, Justin had the article out, but it's Dan Jones, Danny mm-hmm. Dumbbells. I really like you know it's no longer Danny Dimes because <laughs> you know he's no longer a stick figure. He came out looking like Saquon Barkley's twin brother with the quads, and I'm really excited about that. He boy, looks, he, thick. He, he looks good. 
and he was in quarantine, right? Like, you know, <laughs> nope. so he he used that quarantine time as, as efficiently as possible. He's coming out swinging. He has all of his weapons, you know, available to him. Darius Slayton is coming into his second year. Evan Ingram, I've been seeing a lot of good things about him. And Saquon Barkley is just going to be that dog like he is always, man. So I'm really excited for Danny Jones. He's going to do great things this year. Yeah. Um, you know, so I just think that you know, definitely trust him. He's not, you know, he's not just a rising star in the NFL. He's rising in value to be able to help your team win the fantasy week to week. So I'm excited about him. I'm trusting on Dan Jones. Yeah, he's he's definitely a dark horse quarterback uh, to finish at QB one for sure. Um, is in comparison to Garoppolo, certainly has bountiful more weapons around him in, the, pa- in the passing game. That's for certain. Um, wasn't as efficient as Garoppolo was last year. Uh, Garoppolo was throwing like 67%. Dan Jones about 60%. So a little bit of room to grow there. But I think with everyone healthy, I think that's easily doable, right? Uh, He didn't have all of these guys on the field at once. You know, they were were always missing somebody, whether it was Ingram. A lot of injuries. uh, Ingram, Tate, Shepard were all in and out. Uh, Darius Slayton, I think, was the most consistent piece. But even he missed Missed a couple games. Yeah, he still missed a couple of games. And then Barkley, he missed about three or four games. So all of these guys being on the field and healthy lends the offense incredible upside to start the year. Uh, we've talked about talked up the Giants a ton this preseason. So all of us have that, uh, high expectations for everyone on this offense. They all just got to stay healthy, and that's going to be the most important thing. So as you start seeing bodies fall, whether you know it's an older guy like Tate or you know it's a disappointing situation with like Barkley if something happens, right? You know, as they start to fall, you're going to see that upside start to go down and down. But with that happening, one of these guys could skyrocket, right? Yeah. So if the receivers or, you know, Ingram goes down again, look for Barkley to climb. You know, if you see Tater Shepard to go down, look for Ingram and Slayton to, to climb. So really high on Dan Jones, someone I think that you can grab at value at the in the mid or back end of your drafts. Yep. Not someone that people are really high on? Not a lot of people are talking about him, and I think you can get him in the later part of your draft. If you're in a single quarterback league, this is a good backup to have. Like he's a, He had a very yeah. sneaky year last year, 3,000 yards, 24 um, touchdowns passing. He also almost had, in 13 games, almost had 300 yards rushing and a couple touchdowns. So he's got a little bit of action with his legs, bringing some extra points. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a guy, if you're in a super flex league, this will be an awesome number two quarterback to have. Yeah. You get some really good value from him. And like Justin mentioned, the Giants, that's the New York team you want some stock in with all those oh, weapons. Yeah. That, yeah. That's weapons. Yes, sir. And if they're healthy, this is a pretty formidable offense. You know, you have a top three running back or tight end that could easily be top top five with all of his ability and a respectable wide receiver group led by Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, and Slayton. So he's got some weapons to work with, right? And they've, mm-hmm. they're investing in the O-line. Um, so I'm hoping the, um, you know, him, Justin's got him at 18, quarterback mm-hmm. 18. I'm perfectly fine with that. So backup my backup quarterback in a single single QB league, QB two and a super flex, I'd be happy with that. This is some guy with some upside. I uh I really like Joe Judge too. Uh they were talking about taking off the red jersey of Dan Jones and, you know, having to get a little bit of contact in practice. <laughs> but he also said that, you know, he could take they, it. They, they weren't gonna do that, but they were gonna, you know, take him out back and hit him with a bunch of socks full of soap. Uh, you know, get his physicality up. Yes. So um, you know, I just think it, there's a new culture in New York. I think Dan Jones is going to be in the front of it. I think that he, you know they drafted Andrew. Uh, was Andrew Thomas um, yep, in fourth. the first round? Yep. Yeah. So th- that, that that's a great pick. Always love that O line out. O line to um 
uh, picks yeah. in the first round because that shows that they're believing in their weapons. They're believing in the people that they have there. They're just trying to keep everyone healthy. The Giants have the right ideas, so I'm definitely buying some stock in some uh, New York Giants for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, 3850.5, right? Mm -hmm. Dan Jones, his yardage prop sitting at 37. 99.5. Nick, you got to be hammering this over. Um, uh, let, me, let me see where he was at last year. I'm pulling him up real he quick. Was at, uh, he was on pace for 4,000 yards. He averaged 250 passing yards a over, game. Over, over, That's over. what I'm saying. You um, got to hammer be, this. Because, because the, you offense, take it. the offense is built differently. Like it's They're, they're going to run the ball with Saquon Barkley, mm -hmm. but they're also going to give him the ball out in space, and they're going to let their uh, receivers and weapons do the work. Oh, yeah. So I'm... I, this is a way different defense or offense uh, compared to the 49ers. Mm -hmm. I'm hammering the over on this one for sure. Pretty easy one for you too? I think so. I think it's going to continue this year. I think even with the weapons the Giants have, I think they're going to still be trailing in some games. So a lot of garbage time points from him, like Justin Just mentioned his piece. Mm -hmm. I would probably hit the over on that. Yeah, alluding to that, uh, Xavier McKinney just went down with injury. Oh, that sucks, man. Uh, second, second round pick. Yep. Uh, so we were just talking up Andrew Thomas, but their second round pick, uh, Xavier McKinney going, going down. Uh, we were you were kind of talking about James Bradbury and that in that secondary. Their secondary has a lot of holes in it. Uh, was it Drabril Dr 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 Peppers and Julian Love at safety is going to be a huge liability. James Bradbury is really the only sound piece they have. And sorry, he can only do so much. And yeah, I was going to say he's he's only done so much the past few seasons for Carolina too. So I'm not really hyped up about that backfield. I expect a lot more garbage time. I'm I, I'm actually high on these guys. Um, oh. Because Jabril Preppers is one of those guys, he's kind of in that mold of Tavon Austin. He's so athletic, he can do almost everything on the field, but they don't know where to put him. They're talking about putting him on the outside due to DeAndre Baker's uh, legal issues um, for the uh, corner. So yeah, um, That doesn't excite me. But, That's secondary but for, for me, is when, when I was talking about James Bradbury you know, going mm -hmm. against the 49ers, mm -hmm. I wasn't hyping him up as like, oh man, he's the best corner. It was, so he's going to lock out Garoppolo. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that at all. It's just that... <laughs> Jimmy G really only has one proven weapon on his team right now, and that that's healthy. Kittle. So exactly. Yeah. So there's probably gonna be safety on there, but he's not gonna be facing a number one receiver on that team. So mm -hmm. he's gonna be better than that man. It's gonna shut down the second receiver. So I'm that. That's what I meant by that. I wasn't hyped. That's up not what he meant, George Kittle. That's not what he meant. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. So I I don't love their backfield. I don't love the Giants' defense necessarily. So I do see a ton of upside for Dan Jones. I think that prop is way too low. I think $37.99 is way too low for a guy that was on pace for 4000 last year. I think $39.50, He's going to flirt 40, with 4000 I think that's that's a better, more alluring uh, type of prop to, to get people to bite. I think 3800 is is way too juicy on the over there. He he, he got 3,027 yards in 13 mm. games last year. It was it, it was 12 because the, the oh, one yeah. game he only threw like 17 yards. Okay, so so, yeah. so 12 games, even yeah. better. Yeah, um, two, he averaged 250 and, passing and, a game. And didn't the NFL add a game this year? So That's uh, next year. Next oh, year. next year. Oh, man, yeah. I was like, oh, then definitely hammer it. But Oh, fuck. Hell <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a year early, guys. Extra Sorry about games. that. 2020 yeah. has been a We're going to be passing for 60 touchdowns and uh, 6,000 yards. It's going to be arena football. In a couple of years here, yeah. It's going to be crazy, the stats. It's going to be nuts. 
and we're going to need like 15 team leagues. It's going to be terrible <laughs> uh, just, just to make it fair for everybody. So yeah, grab yourself some Dan Jones this year. Um, what are some other dark horse QBs you guys are thinking about? Some dark horse QB ones you're considering, I should say. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins in uh, Minnesota. I wanted to okay. make sure I said his name right. Um, you know, shout out to Chad Dukes, always having the uh, Kirk uh, or Kurt alert. So I always try to make sure to say it correctly. Yeah, it's it's on um, uh, the fan. So, okay. um, but yeah, Kirk Cousins is one of the best game managers in the game. He does not yeah. make mistakes. He has thrown over four thousand yards in a very anemic offense in Washington uh, when Jay Gruden was there. He was definitely trying to play for that contract, but he still got over those y- those yards and he didn't make mistakes. Um, the most interceptions he's thrown is um, uh, 13 interceptions, but last year he only threw, I believe it was like six interceptions to over 25 touchdowns. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm high on him. Um, and also, Justin Jefferson that they drafted is a horse to follow uh, for wide receivers. Mm-hmm. He got 1,100 uh, recept- or sorry, 111 receptions for over 1,500 yards and 18 touchdowns. Uh, he had like a 13.2 average per reception. He's just a little bit different of a, a little bit more of a deeper threat than what Stefan Diggs is. And he's definitely got a little bit more speed than Adam Thielen. So I see uh, his passing yards getting a little higher because he has a, uh, a new fresh weapon that has a little bit more speed than what Diggs had. Yeah, I'm going to take the contrarian road there. I'm not going to be going with Cousins for, I mean, I have him at, quarterback 16 because he is a game manager and he doesn't make mistakes and he doesn't turn the ball over but that's just based off of the minnesota system right i mean he threw for like what 450 444 times last year uh career low i believe yep mm-hmm. yeah for a full it. season yep. for a full season it's mm-hmm. a career low he's he's uh come in for some spot uh granted starts. he didn't play in the last game of the year but i don't think he was gonna right but re- regardless obviously he wasn't gonna hit 500 attempts he had a career low 3600 passing yards i'm just worried about kubiak in that offense obviously stefanski going moving over to uh cleveland as the head coach there Spoiler. yeah and that, and that and that's and that's cool and everything I, I i like it i think he's gonna add a ton of value to to cleveland but you know they're talking about you know leaving the same system in place in Minnesota, and that's a little worrying. I would like to see Cousins get more work in the passing game, but you know you just alluded to you know Stephon Diggs leaving, and I do like Diggs more than Jefferson as a downfield threat. I think Jefferson is going to clean up underneath. He came out of the slot what ninety percent last yeah, year yeah. For, for LSU, and that's huge. You know, just being able to fill into that spot, you're going to be NFL ready, right? That that offense that they had, you know, were you know spreading people out wide, you know, being the guy out of the slot, you know, playing in the uh, the SEC, you know, and you know NFL shotgun type of playbook. You know, he's going to be ready to come in and contribute right away. But I don't necessarily see him as like a deep threat, you know, high yard pre- or per reception type of guy. I see him definitely cleaning up, helping uh, around the line of scrimmage. Um, so I'm not really high on Cousins as a QB1. I have him pretty well locked in as like a QB2, QB3. I, I'm fine with him at 16. I like your ranking there. Um, what worries me about his fantasy value is what his NFL value is. His skill set is the play-action game. Mm-hmm. And I think last year Zimmer noticed, you know, the year before he threw for almost, what was it, 600 more yards and four more touchdowns, but the Vikings weren't any good. Right, they disappointed. That offense last year took off when Dalvin Cook was healthy, and you know they were able to run the ball. So I think Zimmer is going to be more focused on trying to win games in a very competitive division. So yeah, if it's if it's working again with running the ball, I think uh, he's going to stick with it. Um, yeah, I think Kirk Cousins does his best work when the running game is working and he can do play action. If he has to go out and winning the game, I get worried. 
um, about that if, it, if they make him one-dimensional. So I, I'm, I'm with you, Justin. I'm okay with QB 16. I think he can spot start for me. Solid QB 2 in a, in a mm. super flex. I just see, like, you guys are completely right that they're going to lead – lean on Dalvin Cook to, you know, set up the play action and, you know, take away those attempts from Kirk Cousins. But they're they're drafting for a passing offense. Like, they're mm-hmm. not drafting offensive guards to yeah. open up more holes for Dalvin Cook. I see them passing a little bit more. They are keeping the, the system in place, I do mm-hmm. believe, but they still got Rudolph. They still got Irv Smith. They yep. still got, um, you know, Je- they got Jefferson. They got Thielen. I, I or just, BC Johnson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just see this offense going more. Like they're oh, definitely yeah. leaning on Dalvin Cook, but I see them going towards passing offense. And you know, they're not signing Dalvin Cook, so it's not like they're committing Ooh. to him. So it's just like, Ooh. just you got to read the tea leaves around if, here. You if know? they don't sign Dalvin Cook, I'm I'm tanking Cousins' value. Like if yeah. they don't sign if they don't sign Cook, I'm tanking his value, and I will not touch him. He will be a DND. Do not draft whatever for sure, for sure. Um, he yeah. did okay in Washington. To be completely honest, and that team was yeah, pretty but, bad. So I, I because well, I were, watched them they were for pass, so long, they were passing a lot though. Then yeah, and I, and I like I said, I think Minnesota is going towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I even with bad running backs, mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins can still make uh, make the yardage and the touchdowns and not make interceptions. Like I've, no, seen, him do it, I've seen him doing it in Washington. Yeah, like, if, if he can do it in Washington, he can do it anywhere. No, absolutely. No, he's he's an accurate quarterback. You know, last year he threw for sixty nine percent, albeit you know. He only threw 444 times. But the year before, he was at 70%, and he threw the ball 606 times. So Yeah, that was pretty consistent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, he, he's an accurate passer. It's just that you want to see that volume. You want to see them throwing the ball. And everything that they've said, everything that they've shown us, you know, especially with, you know, Dalvin Cook there, healthy, you know, that's just not going to be the case. So, again, I have him kind of like in that mid-middle of the range, uh, QB 16. I may need to pull him uh, a few spots back, a lot more, especially if uh, if Cook isn't uh, coming around here uh, by draft day. Uh, who we got next year? Introduce yours, Yeah, I'll get on deck. Uh, I'm going to introduce my guy, Baker Mayfield. Justin's got him ranked at QB 20, and I think um, he's going to be in line for a nice uh, nice year this year. Um, when he took it to terms of weapons on the offense, right, uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, they are one of the deepest teams. They have two legitimate threats at every skill position on offense, and they drafted an offensive lineman with their first pick. Odell and, you know, Jarvis Landry, a wide receiver, not Austin Rupert. And today's um, August 27th, and David and Joku still on the team, so you have two studs at tight end. You got, you know, Nick Chubb, who was an absolute beast last year, and Kareem Hunt, who played only in, what was it, eight games, but made a lot of solid impact. He's got tons of weapons there, guys. So last year, you know, he had a little bit of a disappointing year. He dropped down from his rookie year where he had 27 passing touchdowns, only 22 last year. And what scared us was the interception spiked up. You know, usually they don't go up in their second year, they go down. Um, so I just think this was a team that was, you know, just led by a poor coach. And, um, God, what was, what was that guy's name? I already forgot about it. Um, Kitchens? Freddie Kitchens, yeah, there you go. Blank. But I like what Kevin Stefanke is going to do because I think he's going to look at what he worked in Minnesota where he's got more weapons now. And I think he's just going to use them a lot better. So I think they have threats at every level, and I think Baker is going to have a good year. And I think Odell is going to be a big reason why as well. Last year he played in all 16 games. He had fewer receiving yards than he did in 2018 with the Giants when he only played at 12. I think that's definitely going to go up this year. I think he's going to be going back to that big play receiver. And I've seen him go in some drafts around three. Sometimes even around four, so I think he's going to be good value there too. And we've seen him be a bona fide, you know, top five receiver in the NFL and a fantasy game changer. It can happen. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, I think Baker, um, I think Baker could be someone where who's not getting a lot of value right now, but he's just got so many weapons. 
and he has the talent. We've seen the talent. What do you guys think? What do you think, Nick? Eh, um, you know, there's just a lot of historical data in Cleveland that goes against Baker Mayfield breaking out. Um, I definitely believe that he has the talent. I just don't know why it cannot be put together in Cleveland. Um, you know, we've seen those those productive college quarterbacks go to Cleveland and absolutely fail. I'm not saying Baker Mayfield has failed yet, but there's just a lot of a lot against him. But you know, if if anyone's to break out, it's Baker. You know, he has the odds are stacked with him. So you know, it's really a crapshoot. But for me, we've seen about 25 years of. Uh, Cleveland Browns ineptitude, uh, the factory of sadness. So, um, I, eh, not, not wrong. Eh, you know, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, I'm real excited about Nick Chubb, but he's not going to be one of my top running backs that I take because he's really more of a rusher than a receiver. So, you know, it's just kind of weird with Cleveland. I'm kind of staying away, maybe uh, more letting them fall to me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Baker Mayfield, my quarterback, 20. Like him, I do, just not not the system. You know, kind of going back to Stefanski's time with Minnesota, uh, the attack was very concentrated on the run. Uh, Stefanski now, instead of Dalvin Cook, now he has Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So I do think that he gets very creative there, and I do think that this offense does lean on the rush. Uh, we saw last year, you know, Diggs and Thielen come out, and we've referenced this a few times, and show their uh, distaste in the offensive game plan. And we saw some reversion to the attack, right? We saw a few more passing plays of Thielen and Diggs. Um, but we literally came to that point where the receivers went to went out in the media, you know, spoke their mind and was like, where is the damn ball? Because I'm not getting it. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the running backs doing that we're not in practice? You know, we, we just don't understand. And I think that for developing Baker Mayfield, this is the exact approach that you want. You know, if you're look, if you're a Browns fan, you know, if you're in the factory of sadness for a living, then you know this is exactly what you want to see. You want to see Mayfield, you know, loosen up on the reins, more handoffs. Um, you know, handoffs count. There's a great YouTube clip of uh, you know Baker Mayfield talking about some handoff he gave to Nick Chubb, who took for like 90 plus yards or something like that. You know, that's going to be the safe thing for him this year, and giving him safe looks to Jarvis Landry, to OBJ, like you like you had alluded to. Um, I'm a little bit higher on Landry because. The way that the system is set up, he's gonna, you know, get more easy looks, drawing in, you know, the the play action for for Chubb and Hunt. I do think that they're gonna use both of these running backs in the field at the same time to protect Mayfield. So, very similar situation uh, to to Jones and Garoppolo, where they have the pieces that they need around them to succeed. You just have to go in there and, you know, essentially not fuck it up. <laughs> you know, just just drive straight and hope for the best. That's really all you can do. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I could see him as a dark horse QB1, but I think the situation where that happens, you're looking at a Nick Chubb injury, and this team becomes more vertical. I think with Kareem Hunt at the helm as your RB1, you know, more pass-friendly, not necessarily having to focus on you know, going in between the tackles, going in you know, for the one to four yard gains, I, I think that's where Baker would excel. I think that the game plan would still be focused around the rush. But your RB one is more pass friendly, you know. Can you know audible into more checkdowns and things like that? I think that's a situation where yeah, Baker could take off this year. Um, but I'm I'm a little bit lukewarm on that. I, I'm I'm not I'm not so sure that he's uh, he's hitting QB one numbers. All right, cool. So last one we got here is uh, what, Drew Locke. Yep, that's my guy. All right, so Drew Locke, no, another guy, really good situation. Denver Broncos have all the pieces there. Uh, like the Browns, have two really good running backs, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, have solid receivers in Cortland Sutton, rookie Jerry Judy, uh, KJ Hamler, Hurt, 
looks like he's going to miss a little bit of time, uh, but you still have, you know, uh, Deshaun Hamilton there. Uh, Noah Font. Noah Fant, Terry Patrick. You, you guys are talking up Albert O. Albert O. You guys have been talking him up. So there's a lot of talent there. I think Drew Locke, yeah, I think he's in contention. I think that, you know, they are going to they are gonna run a lot still. You know, you have those two weapons there and Gordon and Lindsey, and they're going to use both of them for sure. You know, both of them historically, 1,000-yard rushers. Um, well, actually, I don't know about, about Gordon, but he's always over, you know, like 1,200, He scored a lot of touchdowns. Always over like 11, 1,200 yard, uh, total yards, mm-hmm. scores a lot of touchdowns. You know, he's a, he's a third down back, you know, every down back. Uh, Lindsey, you know, really good in between the tackles guy. And then you have a ton of talent at receivers. So, yeah, if they let Drew Locke eat, if they give him any sort of respectable volume, obviously the sample size is, you know, really small, right, limited time last year. But if they, gave, if they give him any real volume, I'm talking 475 passing attempts, yeah, this guy could be something. He could be something special. What do you guys think? Uh, the the offensive line just got to keep him upright. I mean, the offensive line just had a lot of false starts, and you know he did get sacked a couple times. So I'm just worried about the offensive line. But you know, if he's able to stay upright, I see no reason why he cannot succeed in this NFL. Um, you know, the Elway has built around him weapon wise, and I think that he's given him every opportunity to to succeed. Um, just got to put the pieces together. And, you know, second year is always kind of those years where you see a lot of regression from those star rookies. Um, hopefully he avoids the sophomore slump. Yeah, for me, uh, I think I mentioned a couple episodes ago, he's a quarterback I'm very high on this year. Uh, I'm going to die on that hill. I think he's going to have a big year. Um, he's just got so many weapons. And, you know, before he even arrived last year, uh, Cortland Sutton was coming into his own. They gave him Jerry Judy. When KJ Hamlet gets healthy, he'll be there. Mm-hmm. They're so loaded with weapons, and you know, last year in a brief time he played in those five games, he only had five sacks. Uh, small sample size, but that is almost a third of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the uh, offensive line can continue that, I think he'll be in a good spot. But the big key in the NFL we always see is with young quarterbacks, they always fail. And it's, you know, sometimes because of their ability, but also they're in a shitty situation. They'll have a lot of coaching changes. They don't ever get weapons around them. And, you know, that didn't happen here. I always saw some talent from him last year, and he doubled down. He gave him a lot of weapons, you know. Um, they also, their first four picks in this year's draft, two wide receivers, an offensive guard, and a, a tight end. The first three picks are all going to start one healthy. And mm-hmm. then, you know, Albert O is going to give him some match matchup problems for the opposing defenses. So I think if he does what he did, if he takes a step up from what he did last year, and he being in the same offense, uh, you know, having work, getting work, work with uh, Pat Shermer, I this could be a big season. Yeah, absolutely. And their defense is respectable. Uh, I haven't ranked at QB 23, and a big part of that is the defense. I don't see them getting into a ton of shootouts. Mm-hmm. I think the defense is going to lock out you know, a fair amount of teams. Uh, and I think they're going to be uh, you know, a, a team to deal with this year. I, I think that's gonna, they're going to be a, a concern on a lot of people's schedules. Uh, I like Drew Locke, QB 23. Don't think I'm going to be moving him any higher than that. Someone, uh, yeah. someone that I'm targeting as my second quarterback in, uh, in super flex leagues, if I can get him at a bench quarterback, I've probably spent a little bit too much draft capital on quarterbacks at that point, but not uh, not a risk I'm uh, not willing to take at this point. You know, in, in super flex leagues, you know, it's going to be a really weird season, guys. Your your starting quarterback could show up, and you know, he could have a, literally show up to the stadium, and he just gets a false positive. He's out. He's out that game, guys. Yeah. And if you don't have an extra quarterback on your bench, you know, this believe me, this is going to be a weird. That's year. a really good point. Yeah, Most people only run with one. Well, yeah, but like in Superflex, yeah. you need yeah. like three, right? Yeah, Superflex. Yeah. yeah, you need at least three. <clears throat> this could, this year, you could potentially need four. It could be that year because if you have two guys that pop off a, fa- a false positive on Sunday or Saturday, you're screwed. 
you know, there's not going to be anything for you to do. And, you know, most, most of the time you can't be just dropping your quarterback all willy nilly, even if he's out two weeks, you know? So yeah, it's going to be a weird year. Drew Locke, somebody that I would definitely be looking to grab at, at depth, at value. Um, anything to close it out on him guys? Nope. I think I'm okay on, on Drew Locke. No, I'm pretty high on him. Um, you know, expecting big things. All right, cool. Yeah, this was uh, Take It to the Hizzy, number 37. Really appreciate you guys stopping by. Smash the like button, share the video. Be well, take care. You guys got anything? Follow us on Twitter. That too? Two more weeks till the season starts. Oh, I cannot wait. Draft season is here. 2022 weeks is like six months, man. It That's true. Yeah, really that is uh, true. The week. Aren't we still in March? <laughs> I thought so. Don't say that. Don't Jeez. say that. Joe Exotic just came out. <laughs> man, that, that feels like... That was like, this year? Like, yeah, it feels like... Dude, a couple years ago. God damn. We went to that Bulls game earlier this year. Was it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh no. They were playing like basketball in front of people, humans. Oh, we were there. Yeah, like that was wow. the whole thing. I feel like that was like, you know, <sighs> Not a different young, age. Just a different version of me. Just a younger, older, <laughs> spry. Younger, yeah. actually, whatever <laughs> version of myself. All right, guys, this was the Hizzy. Appreciate you stopping by. Come back soon. We'll see you around. Take care. Be well. See you guys. Later. Mm-hmm.